First name, Mr. Last name, Glass. Is it possible that there are no coincidences? I see dead people. Welcome back to Chronologically. This is the podcast where we go through full filmographies of some of the cinema's greatest creators, and we always do it in chronological order. My name is Jeff. And by God, that was the smoothest intro I've done this I season. I am so impressed. That was amazing. That. <laughs> and over there, that's Eric. Hey, how's it going, Jeff? It's going well. And this week, back-to-back guests, we're joined with, by, well, smoothness is done. Gone. We're joined by Tessa from, well, I don't know. What do you do uh, now? Uh... What do I do now? Uh, I'm on Instagram and TikTok, but it's very rarely that I post. So Yeah, <laughs> smart. Well, back in the day, she was on the Hitchcock episodes of Marnie and the Birds. Uh, so if you go back and check those episodes out, she was on those. And at the time, was had a podcast and mm-hmm. a blog. And I don't know if the blog's still going, but you know. No. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, you said, hey... I want to be on the episode with The Village. I love The Village. So why The Village? I saw it when I was like 14. And uh, I don't know what it is, but I love the romance between Lucius and... uh, Ivy? Ivy, thank you. You're welcome. I I kept wanting to call her Bryce Dallas Howard. I don't know why. Well, obviously, but... (laughs) Maybe it's because um, it's her name. Probably. But yeah. I, I don't know. I've always loved their that romance. I thought it was really, really cute when I was a teenager, and it has stuck with me ever since. So, yeah. It's one of my favorites. Now, Eric, you say that your wife, this is her favorite Shyamalan film. Do you have any inkling why? No, and I, I didn't get a chance to ask her because she's been watching these kind of along with me, except for Unbreakable, because she's not she's not into that. Uh, but uh, I didn't have a chance to ask her after we watched this if if it still holds up as her favorite. Like we got done, and I looked at her, and I was like, yeah, it's "Still a pretty good movie." She was like, "Yep," and then we just went to bed. So I, <laughs> okay, I, I don't know if it still is her favorite, but traditionally she's always been. I love the village. I love the village. Um, for me, I I saw this in the theater, and um, I remember being kind of disappointed with it at the time. Like, it didn't hit as hard as Signs for me, you know, and mm-hmm. it didn't hit as hard as Unbreakable for me. And, uh, but I didn't, I didn't hate it. It wasn't, it wasn't like, this dude is done, you know, like, it was more yeah. like, okay let's see what comes next and then we all know what comes next but uh over time you know i have rewatched this film this is probably my fifth time sixth time seeing it over the years um and it has grown on me you know like i i appreciate it more i definitely think uh bryce dallas howard's performance is one of the best you know that we've seen so far like she's so good and and i think that joaquin is really appealing in this um i have a lot to say about the elders but we, we can we <laughs> wait for that um but but yeah it, it's it's grown on me uh 
both in the fact that even though I know what's going on and I know what's going to happen, it's still entertaining, right? Like, so I'm not, unlike the first time, I'm not sitting there waiting for the twist, right? Like, I know what's going to happen. And it still entertains me on, like, a base level. Like, it's just a good movie about good characters and an interesting idea. Um, And and, uh, so I like that. And then I kind of also like some of the ideas floating around in this movie, you know, when I start thinking about it and thinking about what it all means and, you know, so on and so forth. So, so I would say that it has grown in my estimation over the years. It's still, you know, not to be top, but it pretty good. Pretty good. How about you, Jeff? I saw it in theaters. I think this is the first one I Shyamalan film I saw in theaters and I was like, yeah, that was fun. And the guy in front of me, as we're walking out, I remember it clearly. He goes, "That's the worst movie I've ever seen," and I'm like, "Bro, Aww. come on, that's not the worst movie you've ever seen." <laughs> like the acting's incredible. The the it's probably his most beautiful film, um, just from a as, like how it looks. It's really pretty, and um, you know, like yeah, maybe you didn't dig the twist, but hey, you know, there was still a lot of good stuff in there. There, um, so there was I, a lot of that with this movie, though. Like, after the first weekend, it tanked. Like, it really yeah. dropped off after yeah. the first weekend and, and uh, was definitely not, you know, a success on the level of the others. I don't think it was, like, a big money loser or anything, but it was not, you know... It, word it, of mouth did not help. <laughs> right. Word of mouth anti-helped. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Which is interesting, because I walked away from actually feeling a lot like Tessa did, where I was just the... And, it, and on this viewing, I feel the romance still works mm-hmm. for me uh, on a big level. Because at the time when I saw it, I was single. And so I was like, you know, hey, you know, like girlfriend, pretty girlfriend. <laughs> and, um, and uh, you know, this did it for me. I was like, because Joaquin is someone who pretty much needs to be said, hey, bitch. Take me on a date, fucking idiot. <laughs> and that was me. Um, my wife pretty much had to do that. <laughs> hey, <Aww>. dummy. <laughs> hey, dummy. I'll say yes if you ask. And so uh, that character uh, very much was easy to relate to as someone who didn't know what to say. And the theme between uh, William Hurt and Sigourney Weaver of, I can tell he likes you because he never touches you and that I get I was like I get that because you don't want to seem over I don't know like there's something in your brain or at least in my brain at the time that kind of makes sense to me is like yeah because you don't want to uh, come across as I don't know like over eager affectionate creepy yeah I don't I don't even know Pervert. but it makes yes <laughs> all of the above and um and those elements still very much work for me. Gotcha. Why? Why did the romance like strike you so much, Tessa? What? What about it? Was it Joaquin and his stoic nature? Was it? Yeah, I think it was like they had a friendship, and you could tell they had a friendship. And um, he like the the aspect of like. He would, she would, he would take her hand in the dark and she could trust that his hand would be there to like help her through like the scary parts and stuff like that. And I think that's 
like important, especially in like relationships that last a long time. Like you want somebody that's going to like guide you through the, the tough times and stuff like that. So I think I, I, the scene where it's so like so critically shown is when the forest creature, whatever those, those we don't talk about. He who shall not be named. Yeah. Whatever. They're, Voldemort. They're, Voldemort. Yeah. Yeah. Voldemort's in the village and, uh, and everybody's going down in the basement. Judy Greer is going down in the basement and, mm-hmm. and she's standing there on the porch with her hand out and she just knows, yeah. like she just knows. And the thing is getting closer and closer and she just refuses to like believe that he's not going to be there. And right. Then, and of course he is because he's Mr. Dependable awesomeness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think too, uh, he, she, uh, before the scene is like, I, I know you like me because you never touch me, you know, and it's that where he learns that and then he relays that to his mother. And that's almost like her way of saying, you're going to touch me and yeah. <laughs> or I'm going to get killed. And, you know, he grabs her hand and then from that point never lets go. Um, yeah, that all works for me. And it's one of these things that was like horror elevating other pieces like using a piece of horror as a piece of romance in mm-hmm. such an interesting way that i i think is so cool that about this movie uh and specifically that and it's been well established on this podcast my feelings for bryce dallas howard and um <laughs> having a slight crush on her certainly <laughs> after this movie came out i did now i remember seeing this movie in the theaters and i remember the horror elements like working pretty good you know like it wasn't it wasn't signs level freak out of the audience but i remember when the muskrat looking creatures wandering around with the cloak and everything <laughs> like people in the audience were like oh shit uh, you know that's legit yeah exactly oh it's coming it's right there Ugh. um <laughs> particularly after after the reveal of what they are and then one shows up out in the woods you know you're not quite sure what's going on there and she has that mm-hmm. memory that there were legends of them being in the first whatever so like all of that like worked really well um after that first time though does the horror element work for you guys like at all or do you just look at that thing like oh look at that corny thing they made out of deer bones <laughs> you know like like <laughs> Does any of that suspense stuff work for you after the first viewing? I thought it was interesting, like, the the part in the woods, like, because woods are, you know, inherently, like, kind of creepy because they're, you know, like, um, I thought it was interesting that they didn't have any kind of, like, animals running around, like, little animals running around. And so when you get into, like, them go her going into the woods and like you see it you're like oh shit like this is real especially because you don't know i do i don't know do you, when she fights that when she fights the guy do you know yet that she that it's present day i, I can't remember no, no you don't you don't know right. that it's present day you don't know that it's him like the reveal what? that it's him comes after he falls down in the hole oh, okay yeah 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 um, so i and so there's that moment where you're like oh shit this could be yeah, like, like oh. Yeah. Because um, I, re- okay. I remember being in the theater 
And when they give you the reveal, hey, these monsters aren't actually real, Mm -hmm. me feeling like, oh, well, they just neutered the whole movie. Right. And then when the monster shows up in the woods and you're like, oh, shit, maybe they didn't. You know, maybe it's a double twist. Wow. Like it's fake and real. (laughs) I was like, I remember that being something that really being effective the first time. Uh, It looks a little better, too, that second time. Like it's filmed like it just it looks a little more menacing when it's out yeah. in the woods, you know, just the way it's framed and filmed. In daylight. And like you said, the woods are inherently creepy. Like he filmed this in a way so that the woods, there's like a Blair witchy stillness yeah. going on out in these woods. Right. And you're already like, what the fuck is this blind girl doing out in these woods by herself? <laughs> who are these dicks who just left her out there? By her. She's blind, you asshole. She's blind. Like, did you really? <laughs> like, left. you sent them on purpose. You sent the the chicken shits on purpose. Like, uh, well, the magic rocks didn't work for them, which was so. Uh, we got ma- we got the magic rocks, and even they wouldn't buy it. They're like, "Yeah, that's yeah. bullshit." <laughs> I I love that because it's true. Like you ask those questions, like, "Oh yeah, like why haven't we heard of these magic rocks before? Like why why haven't we always been using these magic rocks? Like it yep. doesn't make any sense. Like I because there's." It's vaguely like religious, but not overly religious. Like there's vaguely like a, oh, thanks God or whatever, like in it. So I was wondering if there was more of like a a religious like part to it, like that we just didn't see because they just seemed like, oh, we're going to believe this and, and that's what it's going to be. <laughs> like It's, it's yep, almost they, like they chose to like they start. They, it, this is a cult. These motherfuckers right. went off into the woods and started a cult. But instead of having like a cult leader or a Manson or a Jim Jones or a I'm Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, David Koresh, whatever. Was David Koresh a cult leader? I just yes. pulled that name out of my ass. Okay. So, yeah. No, you didn't. Like, Waco. Like, yep. instead of that, they created, instead of like religious ritual, they created their own weird lore, right? Like, yeah. the color red is bad. The color yellow <laughs> is good. The things in the woods will eat us. Don't go across this line. We have to have these torches and this shit that you go, the towers. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's almost like they created their own religion and ritual without the church part of it right bringing in a deity without yeah. bringing in a deity right the deity yeah. instead of instead of a good deity they got the bad deities in the woods yeah right like instead of being there on all circling around a god and we're all going to go to heaven on a comet they're like <laughs> there's demons in the woods don't fuck there's around. a more literal <laughs> uh sacrifice like when they put the meat in the woods, right? Yeah. That's very much a religious sacrifice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they did it what, on the wedding day. So I'm like, okay, do they do that on fun- in funerals too? Like, do they, or when a baby's born, do they toss like a, a like a, a sheep in the wood? Like, what do they do for babies? And what do they do for, you know, the big parts of life that happen? Yeah. 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 Definitely. Like, and it was interesting seeing those little pieces of ritual you know play out Mm -hmm. like you know like the kids throwing the pig haunch into the woods and the little girls are there like kind of accompanying them and you can tell that they're just like we get to we get to throw the pig haunch we're the pig haunch bearers (laughs) this time (laughs) you know (laughs) like 
it's like a privilege you know it's like being an altar boy right to throw this yeah. Pink yeah. piece out into the woods or whatever i don't know it's interesting <laughs> like i do i do wonder what those meetings were like you know like after he's like so i'm a billionaire and i have this idea let's flesh this out a little bit <laughs> Was like red is bad. Okay, red is bad. We can work. That works. That. that works. Writing that down. So yellow is good. Yellow. Right. What about green? No, we're not going to talk about green. Not going to no, talk about. Not going to talk about. We green. can't deal with green. But then my question is like, do they eat tomatoes or strawberries? Right. Or nope. like blotting out the color red. Like it's a primary <laughs> color. I guess one, well, my, and then my there's first the, note is like, what's up with the bad color? It's a primary color. It's one of the three yeah. primary colors. And you're just like, no, we're going to eliminate one third of the light spectrum from our cult. No, you no, no. You couldn't have picked like mauve or something. Like, like what happens if there's a pretty sunset? Are they all just like, doom, yeah. doom, nope. <laughs> the sun. Well, and then he, even Adrian Brody has the blood on his hands. He's like mm-hmm. the bad color, you know? Yeah. Um, well, like, wouldn't that lead to, like, when babies are born, they're, they come out covered in the bad color? Like, wouldn't that lead to, like, because mm-hmm. then you could take it, like, okay, we're two generations past the elders, and they just know red is the bad color. So then wouldn't they be like, oh, my God, these babies come out covered in the bad color? Like, couldn't that lead to, like, thinking, like, oh, babies are bad? Right. Like, right. After the elders are gone, they suddenly start flinging all the babies into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that happening. Because, it, and I think one thing I do find a little frustrating about this movie as compared to the previous three is the lack of, like, a, a cohesive theme, right? Like, what is this movie about in the subtext? Like we've talked about religion and we can look at, uh, you know, signs really being this underlying thing about faith. And then in, uh, you know, six sense about, you know, grief and, uh, you know, being believed. And, and I just there's things in this movie. I'm like that. That could be a theme. That could be one. And but none of it kind of consistently flows throughout the rest of the film. So I like I think of. The, the closest you get is that this group of people are trying to avoid grief mm. and yet grief follows you anyway. And there's uh Brennan Gleason even says, Hey, you know, my brother was killed in the towns and I lost my son in this village. Grief will find us, you know, let her go. Yeah. Would you have, and, if, if like if your child had a curable disease and you fuck, had, I'd be gone. I'd be It'd gone, be right? Idiot. Like, fuck you guys. Fuck this place. This is stupid. <laughs> like, look, I found some magic. Look, I found some magic rocks. I'm leaving. Magic rocks. Yeah. <laughs> I'll so be, I'll I be think... back with a healthy son. See you guys in three weeks. <laughs> like, what the hell, Brendan Gleason? You asshole. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I I just that was unbelievable to me. And I get like the the leader. We got to protect this place, but is it really that great? You know, like mm-hmm. I mean. Um, I, there is something romantic about not having phones and everyone knowing each other and being in a community where you take care of one another and, you know, only having outside to entertain you, you know, um, those sorts of things. There's something about, it. but after a while I'd be like, all right, I need Netflix. So I have a theory. Okay. Let me, let me just run this by you guys. And forgive me if I chatter on too long, but here's here's my feeling on 
a possible theme what this movie is about. Okay. I think it is an allegory for political structures ruling their populace by fear and deception. That's what I think it is. If you think okay. about okay, so like think about it in this terms, right? The village is Russia, right? Okay. The things in the woods are the are the Ukrainians, right? <laughs> All right. Where are we going? All right. So like like the the leaders, the elders are like they are fucked up. They are Nazis. Like, we can get them. Blah, blah, blah. You know, propaganda, 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 war, blah. And, and, like, it's just basically, like, the way they are ruling their populace with fear and deception. Like, they have this very elaborate deception going on, and they're, like, steering the population in a particular direction. If you think about when this movie came out, George Bush, weapons of mass destruction, Iraq war, right? Ah. Like, bullshit it was all bullshit but here goes the population following along uh you know like north korea same thing like you've got this enclosed thing and you can tell these people whatever the fuck you want and they're just gonna believe it especially if they're born into it right and so long as you keep the outside outside and keep the inside inside you can say that over there is dangerous they're gonna get us Right. They're going to get us. Those those South Koreans are going to get us and we have to stay here and we have to stay insulated and we have to stay secure. And it's so important that we build up our army and our weapons because we have to keep the outside out and the inside in. Right. And it doesn't matter like to the elders over time. It doesn't matter what psychological damage they're doing to the next generations like i think they're really <laughs> thoughtless and shitty like yeah because they're they're like really fucking these people up right like they're like putting this horrible terror of everything not in the village in generations of people and mm-hmm. and i don't know that that's just kind of like i think the elders are a totalitarian government and I think the the younger generations are the population, and I think like the woods are everyone else in the world. Like mm. <laughs> that's just kind of the way that I thought of it that made it make sense to me. Um, and I, that I does be, make sense. Though. I could be way off. Like there could be like no, a lot of other interpretations of it, but that's that's just kind of how it feels to me. And it also feels like they are wildly unprepared to do this. Like. Okay, forget all oh, the, yeah. forget all the government shit. Now I'm just going to bitch about the elders. Like, they, <laughs> is that one you guy? You might as well go get a drink, Tessa. So is we're he gonna a be doctor? Is he a paramedic? What the fuck is he? Do they bring any like? Is is anybody responsible for anything other than goats in this place? Like, what's <laughs> what's the governmental structure? What was the plan with Noah? What are they going to do with that motherfucker if he didn't just go off and die? Like, what were they going to cut his hands off? Like, what were they going to do? Just like, (laughs) like he's a wild card. He is like really messing up the program for the entire place. They just going to lock him in that little room for the rest of his life. He's clearly psychotic. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, mentally disabled, but also dangerous and violent and crazy. Uh, So what was the plan? Like, do they have a plan for dealing with stuff like this? Like, and that's kind of one of the, his arc was kind of one of the themes that I felt could have been something 
right? Like not just medical care, but this psychological care that nobody's getting. Yeah. And they are not prepared to have someone who has psychological needs. Mm-hmm. And and it just doesn't get explored. You know, I guess in a lot of ways you could just say, hey, they just let it go and it went untreated and, you know, something horrible happened. They're but, creating a bunch of kids that are going to have psychological needs. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. And then at some point, incest would come into play, right? Because well, you don't yeah. want new people coming in and old people going out. So in a couple generations at some point there's going to be some crossing over yeah yeah it's yeah. good like lord of the flies up in there as soon as those elders are yeah. gone you know like it's just crazy they're like sewing people up in a bear costume and setting them on fire like 100 <laughs> percent. like they, they because there there are no other than stay out of the woods and red is bad like what are the guiding principles of this place you know like we don't see what education they're getting or anything like that right but it is it is so insulated and then what's gonna happen when the outside does break through because it's going to like they're completely yes. unprepared for natural disaster fucking forest fires climate yep. change what if a war comes to the United? Can you imagine an invading army like coming through and being like, Finding "What these the people. fuck is going on here? Like, what is this? Like, like, yeah, it's just like their their plan is not sustainable. Not at all. So here's the other thing, though. There are this is already established, though. In our world, if you want to go be Amish. Go be Amish, but the, right? But, like you could, but the Amish have Rumspringa. Like this place sure. needs a Rumspringa. Like, but what I mean is, is the that when you come back from Rumspringa or whatever, and you're not denying that the outside world exists, and you're doing essentially what they're doing, but also saying we're on our own place. You know, nobody bothers us. We don't go and bother anyone else, and you get to live that sort of minimalistic lifestyle in a world that already exists like we have these communities already in our real world so it's like why not do that right uh, why yeah. not why not do that but like let them be aware of what's right. on the outside like, yeah you might lose a couple of them but <laughs> i think the amish have shown that most of them will come back but by keeping them in the dark and having this like uh, horrifying it's very cult it's so culty it's so culty and do you think do you think they think of themselves as a cult no no one thinks of themselves as a cult no. oh i'm you sure some cult cult is still there in a cult. you're being you're being you don't realize you're in a cult until you're being deprogrammed <laughs> until they're tattooing your privates right <laughs> <laughs> God, maybe this isn't the right thing to do Maybe well, this isn't going to advance my career. They just so I me. took like I took like the theme to be this guy didn't want to get therapy, so he just built a village. Like instead of like, oh, I'm going to go get therapy for the fact that my father was killed and and stuff like that. I'm just going to do this, and we're gonna <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna fuck up all our kids like. I I didn't take it like I I just took it like oh he just doesn't want to do therapy <laughs> like 
Do you think they had any existing kids when he grabbed the rest of his therapy group and like dragged them out to yeah. the woods? Like, were in they that just picture, like abandon these that kids, picture, kill these kids, bring these kids uh, and like gaslight them into making them think this <laughs> yeah. is normal? Like, sorry, there's no more Atari. No, there's no more Atari. <laughs> well, maybe not that young, but in the picture or that old in the picture, you see, I think, um, what's his name? Uh, no. Walking Phoenix as a baby being held by Sigourney Weaver. Well, in that he'd have picture, to be dude. right because he'd have to be because his father was killed. So, you know, there's only yeah. a, a bare minimum amount of time that I thought maybe Noah. They thought I thought maybe they could like think they could get it over on Noah because like they think he's you know well they know he's you know uh, unable to and they thought he couldn't remember or whatever i thought maybe they like noah remembered and knew that it was all just like a game and he thought it was like a game oh noah knew yeah noah knew that these things were not dangerous yeah i think in in my opinion he found the the, the closet mm-hmm. or he's been out when he shouldn't be and he saw the elders put on the robes and do these things uh, so I don't think at any point Noah was ever scared or like yeah. he knew that they were not a threat and it was a game that the, well, you know, the the grownups are playing dress up and running around and scaring everyone. And it's right. kind of funny, actually. I noticed last night at the first time and I've watched this movie like five or six times, but like I when they find that he's gone out of the room and she says, oh, the animals, the animals. She's talking about the animals that he skinned and hid around. I didn't realize. I thought it, he, it was just the elders being, like, ridiculous. I didn't realize it was Noah the whole time putting these animals out after he skinned them. I didn't realize it was him. He was, like, doing psychopath progression behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, he, uh, I think, like, Noah, across the board, is underestimated the entire film. Like, yeah. they, like, they just, like, whoever's close to Noah goes over to him and calms him down, you know, when he starts laughing or behaving inappropriately, and then that's it. But, like, they don't realize, okay, so this is a grown-ass man who has access to everything, is maybe not as mentally disabled as we think he is, definitely is able to develop feelings for women, because, I mean, like, right. clearly, you know, he has, like, an emotional tie to Ivy, and, you know, is, like, way more wily than anybody has given him credit for, right? And, uh, yeah, he's he's underestimated always. They don't even think of him as a possibility for, like, who's killing the animals. And the elders, like... You know, in retrospect, they clearly don't know. They don't know who's killing these animals. They're like a coyote. Motherfucker, a coyote is pulling the fur <laughs> off a goat and twisting its head around and then just leaving it intact. Like, come on. Sigourney Weaver's an idiot. Like, <laughs> For children to find. Right. Like, they're they're so clueless. These elders, man. Mm, they should go to jail. Yeah. They probably could. Um, they definitely could. Yeah. Yeah. But I and I and I agreed like it's definitely him doing the animals and all that so and I, one thing i like on the i think this might be only the second time i've seen this to be honest because i found one that the terror was neutered mm. you know i knew that yeah no when she's standing out there with her hand out that was so much more effective the first time 
Yeah. And now I'm like, I see uh, that's probably her dad in that suit back there. She's in no danger whatsoever. Um, but I found really interesting to how the elders defended those in the woods. Like, because when they first find the animal and then he's talking to the class and they're like, well, it's definitely the animal. It has to be the creatures in the woods. And he's like, no. And he has to talk them out of it. Right. And then they say, we saw one in the woods after at the wedding at Judy Greer's wedding. We saw one in the woods. And he's like, how is that possible? Like, it's those clues that you get, um, which I always appreciate. It's like, how is that possible? All the elders are here at the wedding. How could there be anyone in the woods? Of course, no one notices that Noah's not there. Right. You know. Yeah, I think I almost feel like maybe this movie would have gotten a better reception had it just left the reveal at the elders are the creatures, you know, because that reveal comes, you know, about halfway, maybe three quarters of the way through the film, two thirds of the way through. And it's a pretty big reveal. And and like we've talked about in the signs episode, it's a revelation. The character is discovering something that reframes her experience, right? Like she and the same thing with the sixth sense and unbreakable. The character and the audience are like, oh shit, this is not what I thought it was. This is a whole other thing. And that's why I think the twist at the end doesn't work. And doesn't pay off and why the audience kind of rejected it because the character doesn't have the revelation. She doesn't know, like she doesn't know what she just experienced. She, she comes back to the village with the medicine, but nothing changes. Like life continues in the village until the forest fire, you know, like, 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 so there's no reframing of her experience because, and that's probably why he felt okay sending her because she's blind. She's not going to, she's not right. going to understand, uh, you know, what she was busy. But can, what, why the fuck did he send her huh. with a pocket watch to a gate that she can't open <laughs> to a road that's not near anything? Like, and why couldn't he go? What? Like, that's the other thing. Why couldn't he go? Or one of the other elders. They know the secrets. They know the rules. They know that the real world exists. Why couldn't they go? Why, they why did they have go. to send her? They took the oath. The but, oath. Man, fuck the no, oath. I'm going to send my blind <laughs> daughter into the woods to die and go get hit by a car on a country road because she doesn't understand roads or cars. All right. If she can get there and doesn't fall down in one of the random forest sinkholes that happen to be out there... <laughs> Rather than just like quietly go like, hey, I'm going to go read in my cabin, truck out there one afternoon, go to the forest station, get the penicillin, come back secretly and Jack Lucius. Like, come on, All dude. Right. Like, what the fuck? Give her some money. Give her some money. It's like, it's like 2004. What are you, you going to do with a gold pocket watch? Like, what the fuck, man? So let's talk about this twist. So the twist, the second twist is that it's real world time. It's modern times. Right. So um, while I don't think anything actually ever came of it, there was a stir up uh, and accusations of plagiarism around this film because of um, Margaret Peterson Haddix wrote a book called Running Out of Time in 1995 about a girl who lives in the village 
an old-timey village, and the kids are getting sick in the village, and they send her into town because it is a real modern-time town to go get medicine and come back. So uh, there was a point where Shimon and Schuster, the, the publisher, was debating on whether they could have legal options against Disney and M. Night Shyamalan. And this, um, I started reading the book a couple, like uh, last week. And there are very big differences. Like the whole thing with the, the creatures is not in the book. Right. Right. Um, And the whole deal with the, the reason they're there is because some rich guy was running like a, um, Hey, come and see people. It's so dumb. Like, because <laughs> they like selling tickets mm-hmm. to come watch these people yeah. be in an old timey thing. Who wants to see that? Like, it was wait, like wait, a, wait, 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 wait. They were selling tickets. Was it like a Truman Show situation? Like, it was they like didn't a living understand? Mu- it was like a living museum. Like, like colonial. Uh, so you were running out of like, time. You could just come in and interact with them. No, no. You, they had mirrors that you. Oh, stood oh! You stood behind the mirrors like Scooby Doo. So yeah. So hold up. So Tessa, you're familiar with this? I yeah yeah yeah. Now, did uh, tell me what you know about it? Any connections you made? Did Did you um, read this beforehand? Or? I so I read it afterwards because we wa- we went and watched the village, and one of my friends was like, "Oh, it's like that book," and I was like, "What book?" And this, so they gave me the book, and I read it. Um, I thought I, I mean, it, they're going, she's going to the village to get a, to get medicine for sick people, which is the same as what she's doing, what Ivy's doing for Lucius. I, but in the, I liked the ending better because they end up getting the people out and people have to go to therapy and get deprogrammed <laughs> <laughs> and get deprogrammed from this you know, thing that they put. And I just, how do you, how do you tell somebody, oh, hey, you're not, it's not 18, whatever. It is 2000 or 1995. And we have these things that go really fast, take you places. Like when you just have complete and utter shell shock, like coming into this world and you can like, because the book, the girl can see everything. So she just like, is like, oh. She's just a teenage girl. Yeah. Running through the woods. Yeah, yeah, like. I, her mom gives her clothes to wear and she's like shocked that she can wear pants. Like, it's just like, well, wait, wait until you see shorts, like, wait, till you, <laughs> you know, and it, it, um, I, but I like the idea of like, cause I'm, <clears throat> I was super into history when I was a kid. I loved, I love like the, living museums i love like all of that like going to uh ohio has uh, the ohio village which is like old-timey stuff that you can go and you can make candles i love all of that stuff so 2004 me was probably like super into that like was super into it like oh yeah this is great like i would go live there blah 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 you know as opposed to like me now i'm like oh my god these people all need help like get them out get them out so did you you think that there was enough crossover like having read the book and seen the movie at that time do you were you like yeah maybe he took some maybe he lifted some of these ideas or do you think that 
it was different enough that he probably came up with it independently. Teenage me would have been like, oh, yeah, that's the same thing. Adult me is like nobody, everybody takes from something like you're inspired by something. I think there was enough of a difference to be like, maybe he read the book, but also like, are we then going to say that nobody else can ever use this idea ever again? Or like, are we going to say like, oh, Westworld is not okay? Or uh, if we're saying like, oh, you're in a simulation, like that's not okay. Like everybody takes something from someone because nothing is, you know, new. Like, yeah, there are no original ideas. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I kind of <laughs> tend to agree with that. I think like plagiarism is really tough to prove because there are so many people in the world and there are mm-hmm. so many ideas happening all the time. Uh, who is that redhead singer guy who just got sued for copying Ed Sheeran? Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran yeah, for copying yeah. Marvin Gaye. And he's like, "Come on, y'all! I'm just writing. I just wrote. I just wrote this song. <laughs> I'm sorry, it sounds like this other song, but I just wrote this song." And I think I think that happens a lot. Like one of my many unfinished novel projects. Uh, <laughs> after I didn't finish it five years ago. I started seeing elements of it popping up in like all sorts of yeah, different movies and films. It, and I was like, God damn, man. Like, like really like same thing that I was writing. Yeah. Of course, I thought I had this very brilliant independent idea. And now I'm like, well, now I can just never finish it. Cause people are like, <laughs> I'm just copying everything. But uh, yeah, I, I, I do think that that is a thing. Parallel ideas. Yeah. Parallel thought all is the time for real. You know, so, cause like I had one for Christ's sake. I had a right, and that's the perfect example because those movies are not alike, right? Right, but having a movie about the end of the world caused by a comet is something that a lot of people can come up with. I had a, a podcast idea. I was pitching to a friend of mine who's a fan of wrestling like me, and I was like, "Man, I want to. What if we did a, a pod where we just look at all the ones like the shitty movies that they made just to feature these wrestlers and all this <laughs> stuff?" And he's like, "Yeah, let's do that." I was like, "Yeah, okay." And like the next week I'm listening to a podcast and there's an ad on there for that exact idea. Of course. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, and like nowadays, like if I come up with an idea, someone else do it. I kind of like, yeah, yeah, I'm still going to do it because there's always those ideas out there. Right. Like yeah. someone has come up with your idea before. Um, well, now it's a and, trope. Like you have a trope, like yeah, the trope of like, there being a big twist is now a thing like they're the big unexpected twist. And, and if you have a village that is outside of society, the only thing like the most, the first level jump to, Hey, we need to leave is people are getting sick and dying. Mm -hmm. Right. So, I mean, I don't think that that's that. Cause what would would make you leave? Like what would make you, want to leave. if you love this place so much what would make you leave right. oh my loved ones are dying of stuff that i know are preventable yep that would and make so me I think, leave i don't know for certain and i agree like that i don't think i think there are enough differences to me that it doesn't feel like just straight up plagiarism mm-hmm. um and yeah and uh, honestly i don't <laughs> Because based on the last three movies, I don't even know that it's his best one. Like, if you're going to lift something, have it be really great. <laughs> I, in 
I've been crocheting for like two years and I've recently gotten into like I want to kind of write a pattern. Uh, but there's this whole thing because crochet is pretty kind of big on TikTok and stuff like that. And I, I've been like, I've met some people through there. And that's really how I got into it. But there is a huge thing for people being like, well, they stole my pattern. Like that's they copied my pattern. They do the blah, 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 blah. And when you get down to it, there are only a few ways that you can make a, a ball in crochet. There are only a few ways that you can make an arm in crochet. Like there's only certain, like if you're sticking to the terms and so I kind of apply that to like everything else. I'm like, what is something that would make you leave a village that you, that you work so hard to create? Oh, people getting sick and dying. Like that's what crime. Like it's, it's just like it, there's only a few ways that you can make this go because it has already been done before. There's only 12 notes that a man can play. Yep. Well, yeah. <laughs> totally. And like, and like, it took me watching um, like three different tutorials to master a certain stitch. So like, just because one person says it one way, like you, some people need to hear it a different way. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Interpretation matters. Yes. Yes. And the, I think the same goes for like um, themes in movies and stuff like that like if you like getting stuff across sometimes takes several different ways to see it but like t telling you like oh they copied me blah, blah 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 no like it no you're not that original there's eight billion people on the world uh, somebody else is having that exact same thought like right can so. we can we shift gears for one second and talk about why they all talk the way they talk in this movie absolutely oh. We can. God. So I got to say, and you're bringing this up, at points, the dialogue in this movie is severely bad. It's I think so William clunky. Hurt does a pretty decent job of trying to deliver it, but it's mm. the whole, the old Harrison Ford thing. You can write this, but you can't actually say it. Um, there are so I the one that makes me cringe the most on the inside is the one where she's now betrothed to Walking uh, Phoenix as she's talking to her sister who at one point <laughs> had a crush on him. You are my my cherished one. She's my cherished one. You're what my cherished one as well. And I just was like wanting to throw up in my mouth. <laughs> so there are definitely moments of. Uh, uncanny valley in the dialogue that's just like no one talks like that right and i don't think they ever did i don't think they ever did that's the thing like you yeah have to, like all right look guys the red is bad <laughs> yellow is good <laughs> we're all just gonna have to talk super old-timey okay like for this to work we're all gonna have to decide to talk really old timey and teach our kids to talk old timey too. Like, otherwise, it's not gonna work. Like, do you think he wrote it that way to like tr trick the audience? Like, because I I just can't see the weird cult going off into the village in the woods and deciding that they're all gonna talk that way, right? Like, we're gonna adopt the dress, we're gonna adopt the architecture, and we're all gonna talk like this. Like, it's like they only took Shakespeare, right? And like, that's the only books that we have. We have nothing else. This is all we're going to do. We're not going to use contractions at all. It's so ridiculous. Like, and like, I think I feel like Joaquin probably does the best with it. Like. 
he doesn't ever really sound stilted. Like he also doesn't have that many lines. He doesn't True. have that many lines. He's very <laughs> reserved and he's very like particular. Like his words are very well chosen. If he's going to speak, he's going to be very deliberate about what he says, you know. Um, and I think he plays that well. And so as a result, it doesn't sound too stilted coming out of him. But man, yeah. some of those, like the cherished one line is great. Hey, did See, you? I thought. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to make note that Judy Greer and Bryce Dallas Howard were also sisters in Jurassic World. That's all. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, they are. I forgot. They look related. Yeah, so they it, do. It works. Yeah. Um, the one where Noah is getting in trouble and she's showing him the quiet room and then she's like, should we have a foot race? And he's talking to like he, he the way he's talking. I'm like, are we sure this guy is like not just faking like <laughs> like this whole because he's he's very like eloquent in his speech about like, oh, if you put me in here, I'm going to cry quartz like I like how did you get him to talk like that? But also like you can't. I don't know. It was just, it was so weird the way, like, they were like, oh, yeah, he can talk like this, but he can't sit down and learn anything. Or he can't, you know, we know he doesn't know right from wrong, but he's sitting there saying, like, all of the work. Like, it was just weird. What What do you think yeah. Noah's endgame was out in the woods? Was he out there to do murders? Was he going to kill her? Mm, yeah. Was he going mm-hmm. to, I think so. like, just do bad things and leave her out there? Like, what What was he going to well, do? Like, I mean, what was he the had- plan? So if we look at, and I watch a lot of true crime stuff and like, you know, stalkers and people who have this possessive nature over their partners, that's usually what it goes to. Right. And he Mm -hmm. definitely has a possessive nature over her. Mm -hmm. So as soon as, um, you know, he has uh, Joaquin Phoenix is now engaged and he no longer has this say over her, he has to regain that control Mm -hmm. and he you know, we'll talk about that scene because I think it's one of the best scenes in the movie. But then, you know, she's in the woods and now he's completely lost control because she hates him, right? She goes in and slaps him in that room and she slaps the shit out of him. It's pretty good. I I think his intention, uh, maybe even not inside his mind, but that's where it was going to go, right? He was going to kill her. I like how Noah's dad was surprised when she started slapping him. Like, dude, what did you think was going to happen? I I would like to see Noah, please. What do you think she's going to do? Like, have a conversation? She and she ass. went in there so angry. Like, she was stormed yeah. in oh, there. Stick. Yeah. And then she touches it. I loved that. I where did, she too. She touches yeah. his face. Okay, there it is. And then she rears back. Um. So, I think the, the stabbing scene is one of the best shot pieces in the film. Yeah, it's a shocker. Mm-hmm. Where it's a, it's a it, shocker. It, it, it comes out of nowhere. It's done silently without any uh, sort of drama behind it. Like in like there's no setup or chills or, you know, he just kind of says, oh, you know, welcomes him in. Like you said, he's underestimated and he turns around and he's talking and he just kind of stops. And then he looks down and like it's just so well done. And then he goes in for the second stab and the camera pans away. But you can see the shadow on that stove still this is like my favorite thing that m night Shyamalan does is shit like this Mm -hmm. where you're like i'm turning away i can't watch this and yet you still see it yeah yeah Um, he's a master at that and i think that that scene really kind of illustrates his ability to do that i read online that this movie initially got an r rating 
And the only thing that gave it the R rating was the sound effect of the knife going into Joaquin. And so they took the sound effect out to get it down to a PG-13. And that's why it's silent. And it works like so much better. I think it works. Oh, so much yeah. better. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. Be- because it isn't, and Shyamalan does this, a lot of things Shyamalan does are dramatic at times. But largely his stuff is very subdued and i think that it works so well right it feels real yeah like i don't know that if i've never seen someone stab but i've cut my finger before and it's never made a sound you know <laughs> so. or like or you don't scream a lot of times when you're you know that when like you don't people don't scream all the time and like yeah. you know because in in like horror movies a lot of times like the victims are screaming and flailing and stuff like that and it wasn't like that. It was it was like almost silent, like and surprise, very shocking. I remember being very shocked that like Noah stabbed him. I was like, oh. Well, God. and he looks down. I remember being in the theater and the knife comes out. You're like, it, it took me by surprise. It was like, oh mm-hmm. shit, like because I didn't see it coming because the whole movie, the actual conflict is this shit in the woods, yeah, right. And so this new conflict gets introduced, and I think it's it's really well done. I know when I get hurt, when I get, like, really hurt, not a little hurt, like, when I cut myself with a knife, I'm going to yell. I'm just be like, God damn it! You know, but when I get, like, really hurt, I go quiet. Like, I go silent. You know, mm-hmm. like... Oh, I wish I could say that. <laughs> I, It's when I, I get kind of hurt, I'm like, mm, and I just kind of internalize... The one time I sprained my ankle, which I've cut my arm with a chainsaw before, and spraining my ankle was way more painful by a long shot. And I, I was sitting there. My mom's a nurse, and she was wrapping it up while I was sitting on the couch. And I'm the only time I can ever remember screaming in pain. Just, so I'm kind of the opposite. (laughs) I lose all sense of decorum. Damn it. That's great. So I wanted to ask you guys, and I don't want to, I don't want to get into any like specific traumas that any of us have experienced or anything like that. But I was thinking about this movie and I was thinking about how much differently it plays now than in 2004. Right? Like everything like in 2004, sure, there was like we were just coming off 9-11. And so that was not great psychologically for the country. <laughs> you know, there was some trauma going on, you know, national level. But nowadays, it does feel as though we are under a constant trauma barrage, right? Like <laughs> shooting, shooting, shooting. You're at the concert. There's 50 dead, blah, 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 blah. You know, like all the time violence surrounding us brought into our homes constantly on our news feeds by the internet and the CNN makes you want to move into the woods. Doesn't it? Yeah. That's the question. Do you ever feel this impulse to retreat? Like, do you ever want to just be like, fuck this? I got to get out of here. I get it. I get why they did it. I don't condone it, but I get it. (laughs) Like I totally get why they went into the woods and now they're traumatizing their children to keep the outside world out. I get it. I don't condone it, but I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it work is because there's a part of us that's like, man, that would be nice. Right. To, and I think a lot of people would just like to be in a place where you're not scared to go to the mall, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And 
so yeah i mean there's definitely like it'd be great to just retreat but i think one thing that the movie does illustrate is that even if we did it would just start over again yeah right like um there would still be violence and in that small community like that frankly in within people's own homes there's abuse yeah and violence and people die you know and are killed and murdered and it's all within the contained the contained confines of their house so i i think that if there were a theme that this movie could have really chased down i think that could have been it is that it's you can't really escape what's happening because it's it happens in our own homes and all that stuff too yeah yeah and i think i i do feel the need to retreat like i'm get the fuck out of here uh <laughs> i certainly and, i live in florida and our governor is the worst oh god your governor I, is the worst your governor and is i the worst. there are many times i'm gonna where, make a t-shirt like, that says keep florida in florida <laughs> i yes. am so tempted god. to get because here's the i love florida this is my home i hate this dude and i was telling my buddy i was like man i'm tempted to switch my voter registration so I can vote against him in the primaries because mm. I think this guy might be worse than the orange guy. Like there's this, this guy's dangerous. Yeah. And, um, but anyway, what was I going? I love- so that wanting to retreat and that's like <laughs> Dwayne Wade and his family because of all the, uh, anti LGBTQ stuff coming from our government in Florida they got up and gone. Well, now, yeah, people are. He can afford to do it. People are yeah. leaving. Like their 20, state. we can afford to do it, but I can't. You know. So. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of where I'm at. We're in Ohio, which is uh, not not the same political leanings as me and my family. But more than that, we're in a pretty densely populated area, and I feel like getting out. You know, like like every day, I feel this increasing sense of unease disease whatever mm-hmm. that word is uh because i just i don't like sending my kids to school like i don't i don't like it like every day i worry until they're back home every yep. day and that's a just a shit way to live and it's hard because everything is so random there's not really a safe place to go right but i can yeah. at least go to a place that is more similar to the way i am you know <laughs> like, yeah. i don't know it's it's hard to say and i i, I do i i i do i'm a humanist i do believe that most people have other people's best interest at heart you know mm-hmm. like i don't think that everybody in the world is out to get me and i don't feel like surrounded by evil people all the time or anything like that but i do feel a little outnumbered right now and you know and i don't know it's it's a weird thing and, and then you think of like in terms of climate change you got to take that into consideration too oh like God. where can i go where i'm least likely to drown like where i'm least yep. likely to get burned alive where i'm least likely to die in a heat wave you know like you got to have those well, considerations too i can tell you that uh, and so yeah it's getting uh it feels a little dire sometimes. And so like, I do look at these people and boy, you did this all wrong. But like you said, I don't condone it, but I get it. Like I get it. I get the need to just like, because I have like fight or flight all the time and flight is winning, you know, like I've got to get out of here. And I, and I think to kind of go back to that, though, you can still kind of look at this and say the, the problems will follow you. 
Yeah. Even even if we could, even if I could get out of this state and I go to California or someplace that has a, a more left-leaning, the problems will follow, right? Yeah. And because nothing's keeping from someone being in the White House or whatever. Like, so... Um, yeah, I guess that's the thing is like I I can kind of let go of that fear knowing that it doesn't matter like cuz if I go somewhere else it's just going to be there too. Yeah. It'll just maybe in a different form, but mm-hmm. it'll be there too. And I think that that's kind of what this movie could be saying is you're trying to escape, but no matter what, we're all people and it only takes one really ambitious piece of shit to kind of ruin everything yeah so yeah yeah well and like the guy is a billionaire he can run this whole village instead of trying to uh help the infrastructure of the world he just left it so like instead of trying to uh you know focus on education and getting people into programs and making sure there isn't food scarcity and and helping all of that stuff he was like you know what fuck this shit i'm going to my own little village (laughs) which is like so i being a teacher yeah being a teacher that's kind of how it feels like they just kind of are like you know what fuck this shit we're gonna make a private school let's make everything charter or or, you know, let's get everybody into it. Let's just focus on it's just like it's like, oh, yeah, another person that doesn't really care. They care about themselves and their family, but they're not going to try and fix the issues that are here. They're just going to leave. Hmm. Yep. That's a great point. Now you so. make me feel shitty for being flayed flight driven no 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 like well, i mean you could look again at Dwayne wade who is the most i i think uh popular and powerful figure in florida yeah. to say hey we're out we're leaving because i don't feel safe with my daughter here is for him to stay put and say i'm gonna fight for not just my child but the other well trans children in florida you know yeah. and i'm not and in his position I'm out too. I'm yeah. not trying to judge him in any way, but maybe he could do a lot of good being here because he is so high profile and has a lot of money that he can be someone who can speak out against guys like DeSantis and these yeah. all these anti-trans laws happening. I mean, I so, say that I say that without with I don't have children. So, I say that as like uh you know, oh, you stay and fight, stay and fight. If I, I'm sure if I had children, if they put out a law about my dog not being allowed to be my dog, I can't say that I would be. I would be like, nope, we're done. Oh, for like, sure. We're, we're, I, and that's it's so, easy for me to say because <laughs> these trans laws don't directly affect right. me, and so it's easy for me to say stay. But if my child were jeopardized by law, we yeah. would be out. Yeah, but like, I also and, think because at the end of the day, for me, I'm like. I don't care. I need him to have the best possible life right. he can have. And then let's get the fuck out of yeah, here. Yeah, I, so I, have I get a, it I too. Have a I trans I, kid in the family, not my direct family, but, uh, yeah. you know, uh, not in my immediate family, I should say, but in my extended family. And that kid's parents won't set foot in Florida or Texas. Like, I don't believe they're, like, dude, I, they're not going to, like, pass some law while Be- I'm there on business and just arrest me. And it's me not even the laws <laughs> that are the big deal. It's the, the, um, the way it enables 
people to see themselves as being right yes yeah for yes. The, their own because the laws are the laws mm-hmm. but it's the the people who f- see those laws as justification for their own it actions just feels so mean-spirited to me i just don't understand like uh, why people want to be so mean okay we are really off topic here now <laughs> like people <laughs> listening to this are going to be like this is the most left-leaning movie podcast <laughs> and it's really not like <laughs> so yeah you know like i don't want to i don't want to go down this road too we did much go further. off uh, yeah. so but yeah. trans lives matter sorry 100 there you go 100 <laughs> percent. can't say it better myself and i will not be editing that out so <laughs> all right one more question one more question for you guys okay before we wrap so lucius has this line and i i just love it he says i don't worry about what will happen only what needs to be done right mm. and that struck me as like what a f- fabulous way to live like not worrying about the future <laughs> just worrying about like handling things in the moment like what needs yeah. to be done what do we need to do to make this better do you guys feel like you are worry about what will happen people or do you feel like you're worried about what needs to be done people i, I am both uh Just worry so about i everything. am i worry about everything but in a crisis situation i can focus and and i think it's the preschool teacher in me um i worry about all of these things happening like the like going back to like worrying about kids going to school, I am consistently like, how would I, how would I get my kids out of this situation if I needed to? But in an actual crisis situation, I'm like, okay, we need to move you here and you here and we need to do this and we need to elevate your arm or whatever. Like, so I'm kind of both. <laughs> it was very specific. <laughs> yes. Well, we need to elevate I, your so arm. <laughs> I kind of feel the same, like to a degree, to a degree i try through therapy very hard not to worry about much because it never ever helps anything um and i can say for certain like tessa in a crisis situation i am very calm Mm -hmm. and collected i am very much like okay this is where we are now i need to go do this we uh 2022 was a very difficult year for my family and there were a lot of times where i'd just be like okay i have to do this now Mm -hmm. It, it doesn't matter i can't I can't worry about the results. I I have to do this right now. And so in a lot of ways, it's sort of freeing when you just, I just have to do this. Mm-hmm. So I try to live in that. And it's certainly like hurricane seasons. Of, well, technically it's already started, but for here in Florida, it's September, late August where things get kind of dicey. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I do concern myself with it, but at the times when it's imminent, it's like, oh, we got to get the bags I got to go get the bags and get put, put it, you know, so I kind of fall in line with what Tessa was saying. Yeah, me too. I'm the, I'm the same. I think as, as you get older and as you experience more crisis situations, you learn whether you're a freak out or mm-hmm. a handle it, you know, and I'm definitely like you guys, I'm a handle it. Like, yep. like even when my car is spinning on the ice into a wall, I don't freak out. Like gonna oh. handle it you know that's not me yeah uh, and, and so i i in the moment don't i don't worry about how i'm gonna handle a crisis 
Yeah. I yeah. worry I worry about the crisis occurring. So I'm I'm definitely not a Lucius. So like, I I worry about things that could happen as opposed to worrying about what I'll do when they do, you know. I, yeah. I think I impressed myself by being the most like Lucius during the pandemic. Like yeah. when it started, my my wife was like, "How are you not freaking out?" I'm, I don't know. I just just did what you had to do. I did. Hey, I put a, I got to put a mask on. You know, yep. I got to stay however many feet apart. I yep. got to do this and I'm just going to do it. And to this day, nobody in my household's ever had it. You know, and now oh, literally everyone I know has. But um, that was us up until like January of this I, year. I, I <laughs> wait. So the closest call I had, but I went and did. Uh, and because now it's like we're kind of back to normal. And I was hanging out with my mom and my brother. And we did an escape room. And it was, you know, we had a good time. The next day. Like two days later, my mom calls. She's like, I just tested positive for COVID. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, shit. I did an escape room with you two days ago. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. And Abby's parents were coming into town. And, of you course. Know. And so I was like, damn it. And then I just never got it. I was, and at that point, I was like, I think I'm immune, baby. <laughs> I thought I was immune. I am not immune. I still can't not taste immune. a one sauce. It makes me so mad. Like, I have lingering smell issues. Like I do, too. It, it, they just have never gone away. It's been since January, yes. and I'm just like, shit. I'm never going to be able to taste a one sauce again. And I'm so mad about it. <laughs> it's like my favorite. And it just a one is delicious. Like nothing. Yeah. It just tastes like nothing. And I, I can't smell. I can't smell things unless they are very, very strong. Like I have to buy like I love those melting waxes. It ha- They have to be super strong for me to even get a remote smell of it. And I'm just like so irritated because I, I love those. Th- and I'm like, yes. damn it. See, yeah. for me, it's specific <gasps> things. Like some things I can smell no problem. Some things I can't smell at all. And interestingly, we have the new baby in the house. I can't smell mm-hmm. the baby's poop. Like I can't. Oh, I can't. that's nice. And so, well, it's nice. But then I'm always well, like, did did you poop? Is uh, Do I have to, yeah. I have to oh, look? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's nice to, yeah. Um, in theory, it's nice. <laughs> that's like the big thing that got my brother vaccinated. I'm like, are you going to get vaccinated, man? He's like, I don't know. And then it was like, what if you lose your taste of like, steak and he's like all right i'll set an appointment it's real like i'll set an exactly. appointment exactly so all right so we're, again we're, where where okay let's bring it back around where do you guys fall on the village now like thumbs up thumbs down thumbs in the middle thumbs cocked up where are you at oh i still like it Test. thumbs up i still like it yeah i think it's generally a good movie uh and i love bryce dallas howard <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I like it too. I think just in the moment, it's just entertaining. It's just entertaining. And yeah. she's charming in her, her uh, I'm not going to tell you what color you are, is charming. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and, and yeah. I, Stop asking, even though he never yeah, does. Yeah. I, I don't know. I like it. I, I do like it. I don't, I don't think it's the strongest out of the ones we've watched, obviously. <laughs> but I think their romance still works and holds up completely like when they're on the porch no i'm in such a cute so scene. much right like i'm like this is this is the the romantic in me is like swelling up because it, it still works so much for me especially when he's like because he responds so negatively at first <laughs> she's like why can't you say what's in your heart why do you say everything that's in yours i'm like oof and then he like saves it right <laughs> you know pulls and it he's back like, why why do you always lead when I want to lead? It, 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 it's so good. 
of a scene. And that's the thing with Shyamalan, like even in a lot of his shittiest movies, and this isn't shitty by any means, there's always something in there that I'm like, and I haven't seen all of them, that I'm like, oh, that's good. Like in our next movie, I love Paul Giamatti. Like, and I think he's really good in that movie, although it's been a long time. Wait, what's so. the next movie? Lady in the Water. Lady in the Water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Gut punch. We'll see. I'm looking forward to watching it again. I haven't watched it since I saw it in theaters. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen it. I watched it one time right after it came out on video, and I haven't seen it since. So, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see in two weeks what we, uh, yep. what we think of that one. But, Tessa, it's been really fun having you here. Thanks for, <gasps> thanks for coming and joining us. It's been super fun. Yep, you're always welcome back. Nice. Um, so, do you have anything you want to pitch or say? Or uh, not really. I I said the trans lives matter thing, so I guess that's that's good. Now you've said it twice. I have said it twice, so it matters. I didn't think I would say go. it, but here we are. Welcome, welcome to chronologically. <laughs> we often go off. <laughs> we go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, if you want more from us, you can check out chronologically.net. Uh, basically, it'll just take you to the podcast, whatever, you know, but we at least have the URL. Um, you can go to Eric's Twitter at Eric underscore hotter. You can find me on Twitter at podcast by Jeff. Check out gamingnexus.com for all Eric's written reviews of gaming, as well as my other podcast, The Movie Draft House, where me and Mark yell about things. Uh, and I disagree with him and make him watch Van Damme movies. It's a lot of fun. One, 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 uh, one minor announcement, announcement. You can also find us at Chronologically Podcast on Facebook. Oh. There. Oh. Look at that. Added that. Boom. Yeah. We're ready for the year 2010. <laughs> I'm going I'm to go right now. Check it out. There you have it. <laughs> well, we'll see you in two weeks for Lady in the Water. Thanks, y'all. Bye.